Stocks are trying to turn around this morning. NASDAQ back positive and the dollar is down. Bitcoin up 2%, continuing on some afternoon strength from yesterday. Perhaps a curious bounce here as risk assets have been under pressure. Let's talk crypto and more with Anthony Scaramucci joining us from Skybridge Capital, the founder and managing partner on the phone with us. Uh, Anthony, good to have you back on the show here. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks so much. I, I had to come out of my bunker to join you guys, okay? It was a heavy bombing going on yesterday, but I feel a little bit better today. In the crypto bunker. Exactly right. <laughs> so what do you make of what's going on? Uh, we've known each other for some time, Anthony, but I, we haven't spoken too much since you went with the Bitcoin adoption and the a crypto turn at SkyBridge. Walk me through what you guys are doing right now and uh, what SkyBridge's involvement is with the space. Well, I think, you know, we, we made it when I came back to SkyBridge, we made a strategic decision to pivot into the Web3, uh, primarily Bitcoin, but also some of the other cryptocurrency assets as well as some private equity investing. Why did we do that? It's my opinion alongside of my research team that this is the biggest generational technological transformation that's happening. Now, unfortunately, the current bear market will scare people away from it. And of course, we caught the Wall Street Journal today uh, waxing very negative about cryptocurrency, waxing very negative about Bitcoin, uh, which I think is a sign of a bottom for this stuff. Uh, and I'll just take you guys back quickly to March of 2000, where uh, many people wrote off Web 1 uh, when the NASDAQ went from sort of 5,200 to 2,300,000. People said no mas to Web 1, and they missed everything. They missed the biggest generational investing uh, in the technology space. Uh, and I don't want that to happen to our clients or ourselves this time. So we're, we're pretty much dug in. Uh, and, you know, just 30 more seconds. Bitcoin to me blockchain cryptocurrency is just a massive delayering mechanism for the society it'll unleash uh, great economic efficiency tremendous deflationary forces and this is the reason why we're in it when you say dug in what does that mean anthony does that mean putting client money into it uh, does that mean your your personal investments because i've always understood skybridge as the fund of funds when i used to talk with your portfolio managers and you back from the traditional finance pre-crypto days. What does that dug in mean? So we have about a billion dollars of cryptocurrency exposure across our product line. Uh, as it relates to our fund of funds, uh, which you're talking about, um, we made a 4% investment in Bitcoin in November of 2020. And so if you fast forward today, that was about an $18,000 coin. Uh, so we're, you know, we're up sizably in that position. Yes, the position went to 69,000, but it's still, you know, we're well well into the profits there. So now that's probably a 7 or 8% exposure for the fund of funds. But I'm talking about core portfolios like a diversified coin fund, a Bitcoin fund, an Ethereum fund. There's a layer 1 technology that we like a lot called Algorand. We have a specific dedicated fund to that. Uh, and then lastly, you can buy our ETF. Uh, the symbol is CRPT. It's the First Trust Skybridge Digital Innovation Portfolio. Uh, that, that, that's been hit this year, um, but I think there's unbelievable value in that portfolio, and I think it's a long-term strategic buy. So dug in to me means we've got a tremendous amount of capital exposed. All my personal money is rolled into those funds. 
And then secondarily, we're committed to this uh, for the future. We do believe that over the next three to 10 years, this will be the most exciting space to be investing in. Wow, did I hear you right there, Anthony? All your personal money in these funds? Yeah, other than my real estate, I have no personal trading account, never had one actually. Okay. Uh, all my money is rolled into my funds. So I have a Opportunity Zone real estate fund, the Series G fund of funds, these cryptocurrency funds, and of course the ETF. And so that's, that's where my money uh, outside of the, uh, the two houses that I own, uh, that's where my, my money is. I, I don't have any, any personal account. I never believed in that. I sort of felt like uh, I had to eat the cooking that's coming out of our kitchen alongside of our investors. Sure. So you're planning to, you want to make money from Bitcoin, right? You want to make money from Bitcoin. The investors that use the suite of products want to make money. Or is there a different approach? Uh, do you put it in here? as that so-called store of value. Walk me through what your expectations are here. So I don't, I don't see Bitcoin as a store of value or an inflation hedge. Uh, some of my peers do believe that. Uh, it's proven otherwise. I see Bitcoin as a early adopting technology. It's a, it's a piece of technology that I think is transformative because we'll be using Bitcoin to transfer value between each other. If you really study the history of money, all money effectively is, is a technology uh, in lieu of us bartering with each other. And when you really step back from it, it's a ledger. And so what Bitcoin really is, is a decentralized, distributed, very transparent ledger uh, that allows us to keep track of our assets and liabilities among, amongst ourselves. And it's not corruptible by the government. And so when you fully understand what Bitcoin is, um, you know, I believe, and obviously it's proven out, that this will be continually adopted. Uh, and so when it first started, it was obviously being done at pennies. And now it's, uh, you know, obviously, you know, 30 plus thousand, but there's also two, 240 million wallets. As this goes to a billion wallets, uh, which I think is very likely over the next three to five years, the prices will move higher, and then maybe you can make that case that it's a quote-unquote store of value. Um, it's too early to make that case today. Uh, this is very similar to me of like Amazon, the Amazon story where Amazon dropped 50% eight periods of time uh, sure. from its public offering. One, one period of time, 95%. Yep. And yet today, Amazon is a very stable, well-owned stock. Where is the confidence, Anthony, in the tech comparison to dot-com? I like to just uh, look at my own life where I've lived on the Internet. Half my life is in the metaverse. It's always been that way. I'm a video game addict. I play cards online. I live uh, uh, too much of my life online. And I have no uh, need, at least at this point, for any of the crypto stuff. Uh, so where is the confidence that the utility from that perspective of being compared to internet tech is there? I mean, in 1996, when I was seven years old, I was already ensconced in all of the technology then, but I haven't found any need. It's not because I'm avoiding it. If there's something I need to use crypto for online, video game transactions, poker transactions, I still haven't had to use it. Where does the confidence of the internet comparison come in? So I'm going to get you your AARP card because you sound very old <laughs> describing yourself. 
but I'll take you back to 96 and imagine you were dialing up the internet yeah. and it was taking 30, 35 seconds for the landing page to come in. And I would have said to you, okay, that's not really that useful. But now fast forward to 2022, billions of people are using the internet and billions of people are frankly streaming 4K video over that internet that was very clunky and fairly unusable in 1996. So, so to me, I don't think we can totally imagine where things are going, but I'll give you two quick examples. Uh, eventually, we'll be in a restaurant together. When we go to pay the waiter, we'll be using a digital security, a digital currency on our telephone. Sure. And uh, we'll, we'll be able to swap it into his wallet or her wallet. Uh, one more quick one. Let's say I'm well, I do that now. an expat. I want to say, we did that during COVID. Yeah, well, you scan the QR code. Yeah, not really, because you got to go through, you're, you're going to go through a payment rail. Uh, it's either going to be Venmo, where you're going to get charged, or American Express, or, mm -hmm. or MasterCard. I'm talking about a peer-to-peer, -peer, no third-party, permissionless transaction. Uh, and when you think about it that way, the magnitude of that, where you'll be able to de-layer the society and take out middle men and middle women, the costs will go down, the economic efficiencies will go up. And just to quote Mark Andreessen, when he really studied Web3, he said, oh my God, this is bigger than Web1. It's, if anything, it's bigger than the, web, the Netscape browser I myself created. And so, yes, I agree with you, it's early, you don't see the use cases here today, uh, but I'm telling you, as this thing scales, there'll be more and more practical use cases. Uh, Anthony, the, it sounds like you're a core Bitcoin believer. What about the other stuff in crypto markets? This week, we just saw the shock uh, collapse the past week of the Luna Terra stablecoin, one that some, it seems that your team wasn't involved in, but there are a lot of other uh, big crypto uh, uh, folks, like Novogratz, obviously. Uh, I mean, some of the leaders in the space that had belief in this, if someone like him can be on the wrong side of such a big trade what's the hope for the rest of us trying to figure out what's going to be the next thing well i, I think it's i think it's a good point look i, I my, my money's still on mike i think he's one of the more brilliant guys in the space he's a visionary uh but here's what i would say these layer one technologies are going to be used uh, very similar to cloud computing there'll be use cases for ethereum solana and Algorand that get developed and refined. So you're gonna to wanna to own those because I think that they're going to express a lot of long-term appreciation. As it relates to the Terra Luna situation, uh, they were trying to back something and calling it a stable coin with something that right now isn't stable, that's Bitcoin. Bitcoin has an 80 vol. And so our research department wrote about this and we basically said that uh, this was untenable uh, because of Bitcoin's volatility. Of course, Do Kwan, what he did was he very transparently explained what his reserves were. And so if you had the money, you could do a George Soros-style breaking of the bank. And of course, that's what George Soros did to the Bank of England in 1992. And so somebody came in there and cracked Terra Luna. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad they did that, by the way, because that's the benefit of the free market, taking out instruments that are inherently unstable or poorly engineered. Um, I think that that's happened before. That's happened with early technologies and rocket propulsion.
uh, jet engines, uh, the horseless carriage now known as a car. There's been a lot of this sort of turning over of an apple cart. Uh, Pets.com, eToys, talk about Web1. Uh, there were 8,000 companies that went bankrupt in the March 2000 debacle. So, yeah. uh, yet, if you had the fortitude and you held on to things like Amazon, or eventually when Google went public, you were very well rewarded. Anthony, I got one more for you real quick about Bitcoin and the adoption. I joked when I first saw you getting into Bitcoin that if you were an early Bitcoiner trying to adopt this currency as a fight against the man, you're a traditional finance hedge fund guy, you worked in the White House, that maybe that's the end of the adoption train. At the same time, the price chart for Bitcoin, when it got back to that 70,000 high in November, it didn't break out, according to my analysis. And just looking at the chart, Bitcoin's never done that. When it gets back to a high, it brings in new buyers and breaks out. This time it failed. Do you think there's a possibility that we've reached the limit for adoption when we've got conferences where traditional finance people and ex-presidents are all involved? So, I mean, the short answer to that is no, because we don't have a cash ETF yet in the United States. So to me, the short answer is no. I think we're still in the very, very early innings. There's 3% adoption of Bitcoin. If you got it to 10%, uh, these coins will trade well over uh, three, four $400,000 a coin. If you head to 15%, there'll be a half a million dollars a coin. And of course, it's already legal in Canada and Europe. I think the United States is behind, and I think they're making a mistake here. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. But I love your skepticism. I think that's what makes a market. Um, and I am an old fogey in this business, but I see something here that I don't want myself or my clients to miss. Uh, and hopefully you'll invite me back. And if I'm wrong, sure thing. you can dunk me. <laughs> you, you can dunk me. But if I'm right, I'm going to present you with your AARP card. <laughs> All right, Anthony, great combo. I uh, appreciate you coming back to us and looking forward to more. God bless. There you got it. Anthony Scaramucci is the founder and managing partner at Skybridge Capital, making the case for Bitcoin. Coming up.